Welcome in to the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. It's myself, Eric Stenholm, diehard Vikings fan, and my co-host, Joey Moore, diehard 49ers fan. We're going to recap the events of week eight. We're going to talk about what's coming up in week nine. We are huge NFL fans. We uh, go over the games each week. Uh, We release it on Sundays. We guess the lines for next week. We talk about what we saw this week. We give the state of the teams for the 49ers and Vikings. Take a quick whip around the league, and then we'll finish with my, you like that, five best picks of the week. We'll throw it over to Joey for his feels great baby, his wildest take that he feels best about at the moment. We're going to start this week, obviously, with the 49ers blowing the doors off of the Rams in the second half of that game today. Uh, I was taking some notes on the game, and I was like, God, I don't know. It's J- Jimmy, in that first half, I'm like, what is the ceiling for this team? And then, boom, second half, different story. And uh, your notes for the game that I saw on our little uh, spreadsheet that we put together, all it says is simply, bang, bang, Niner game. How we doing over there, Joey? Yeah, Eric, thank you. Uh, feels great, baby. Uh, same as last week, 14-13 last week, this week, 14-10. Uh, biggest difference is, is uh, we weren't playing the Chiefs. So uh, this week we got the pass rush going. Nick Bosa had a sack. Uh, we got the we stopped the screen game. They killed us in the first half with the screens. Mm-hmm. This week screen game stopped in the second half. Uh, got the pass rush going, and uh, yeah, uh, Christian McCaffrey with an extra week of uh, prep. Uh, what a monster! Uh, three touchdowns, just uh. You know, when Jimmy Garoppolo's not getting the job done, I don't know, maybe throw a Christian McCaffrey back there. Touchdown pass, touchdown catch, touchdown run. Uh, after one week, a hot take, uh, he was worth it. We'll see if he stays healthy, but boy, was he good today. Stanford man appeared to have studied for the last week. Buried his nose in the playbook. Absolutely dominating. Uh, I, I saw it was the first time since LaDainian Tomlinson in 05 that someone threw caught and ran for a touchdown in the same game. And that's his first, you know, real full game as a Niner. You got to be thinking, oh, man, we're 4-4, four and four, but the trajectory is up. We needed him. Uh, no Kyle Juszczyk, broken finger. No Debo Samuel, hamstring. Offense was compromised. Even with those guys, we weren't scoring. And uh, I also saw that stat. To uh, improve on that stat, yeah, LaDainian Tomlinson was the last one. I believe the only two other guys were David Patton uh, from the Patriots and Walter Payton. If you ever heard of him, he was pretty good, named an award after him. Not bad. Only four guys. But, yeah, it's uh, Elijah Mitchell should be coming back after the bye next week. Uh, apparently, we've, we've put Jeff Wilson Jr. on the trade block. I really like him, especially considering – our running backs get hurt a lot. I'd like to, you know, possibly keep them, depending on what we could get for them, which I don't think would be what we got for uh, what we traded for McCaffrey. Just a hot take there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I the, – the most impressive part of, of, of McCaffrey today was his I, – I believe his receiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, he you trade all that for a running back, but I, mm-hmm. I, I never really looked at the trade like it was for a running back. I Especially years into his contract, you know, way down the line years from now. I mean, he's he's a he's arguably already the second best pure receiver on the team behind Ayuk. I would even say he's better than Debo mm-hmm. as strictly as a receiver, but which is insane yeah, to need, think that yeah. 
Yeah, his catch on Jimmy's pass into the corner of the end zone was like a totally broken play. Jimmy just tosses it up. Um, I thought that was a really impressive play where McCaffrey just kind of broke from the defender and said, hey, I can get to the corner of the end zone. Jimmy put it there. And that's a catch that I would say almost every running back does not make. So huge play for the Niners there. And then the defense looked great in the second half. Stafford was getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. And uh, not necessarily a Stafford guy over here, so it was kind of nice to watch. Nope, not a big uh, Matthew Stafford uh, fan club podcast, but uh, yeah, I to, to like you said, I was disappointed in the fact that we didn't get pressure in the first half. Uh, believe no sacks, no hits, nothing. I they they were killing us again. Like I said, with the screen game, they they it's it's like McVay knew that the pass rush was going to get there. His his O line wasn't gonna wasn't gonna hold up, and they were running screens to Cup to Higby to whatever running back they had in there, not named Cam Akers. <laughs> Shout out to Cam Akers on my fantasy team. Had to drop him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Good for On him. the milk carton, Hope, officially. Hope, Hopefully he figures out his personal, you know, reasons, but whatever. Um, yeah, I think we did had no pass rush in the first half. Uh, they were, it feels like they were, they were getting four or five yards of carry. I, Jimmy Ward was struggling big time against Cooper Cup in the in the slot. Uh we're we're severely missing Emmanuel Mosley. Charvarius mm-hmm. Ward has been hurt, got hurt in, in in the first half and came back. Um but it it was a big it was a big drive at the end of the first half to get three. Um luckily that McCaffrey fumble wasn't mm-hmm. and uh well we, we recovered that one but um yeah we're able to get three, make it fourteen ten, got the ball and and, uh, and the yeah, second half was just utter domination. The Niners moved to a game ahead of the Cardinals in the standings because the Vikings won 34-26. Joey leading the skull chant. Any, anytime he gets to see Kyler Murray lose, it's just a privilege. He must have texted me skull nine times today during the game. Found a, found a nice online stream to watch that one. I was, I was of course, following a little, little bit more intently than Joey. Kirk Cousins' long rushing touchdown in the first quarter, pretty surprising. Um, I hadn't seen him turn the corner on anybody in his four-plus <laughs> seasons in Minnesota. I saw him turn you the like corner. That. I was like, this guy is going to get lit up. And for whatever reason, he made it to the pylon. Vikings take the lead. Um, I thought it was yet another great game for Justin Jefferson. He didn't exactly like light up the stat sheet, but um, – He's commanding doubles basically every time. It left Thielen open a lot. It left both of the tight ends open a lot. You can kind of start to see the formula here at 6-1, and one, how this team is going to make a run in the playoffs. Um, Patrick Peterson had a great game against his former team. I think if the Vikings can have Peterson, Dantzler, and then the rookie Booth as their three corners and Harrison Smith can stay healthy at safety. The biggest weakness of the team is the secondary. And if they play like they did in the second half today, I can see it coming together. Obviously, a lot of these guys are getting old, Peterson and Smith especially. But the formula I saw today against, albeit not a great Cardinals team, but it is an eight-point win. They probably could have won by more. Stock is pointing up for the Vikings especially because the Packers lost tonight on Sunday night football against Buffalo three and a half game lead. Plus the tie tiebreaker. I mean, 
it is the most positive time for Vikings fans since the Minneapolis miracle in 2017. So things are looking good on this end. Yeah. Vikes looked great. I'm feeling really good about uh, the team. Stock is definitely pointing up. What did you see in that game today? Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the numbers, Kirk cousins, it balled out today, 24, 36, 232, 103 passer rating. You look at the defensive, you mentioned their secondary. I mean, but Zedaria Smith, three sacks today. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Uh, Harrison Smith, you know, I'm not an, ex- an expert on Vikings football like you are, but, I mean, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, you know, secondary. Cam Dantzler should be good enough. I mean, Packers are terrible. Uh, we like that. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, Harrison Smith pick. I yeah. Anytime. Yeah, I'm not Kyle, worried about Kyle the Murray pass takes rush. It. I'm not worried about the pass rush at all. You mentioned uh, Zadarius Smith. I mean, he was in the backfield the entire game, and that was only mostly because uh, Daniel Hunter's getting doubled on almost every play. I kept watching. Uh, Zach Ertz was like almost uninvolved in the game. Because, I mean, he did have a touchdown, but I think that may have been his only catch. He was getting chipped, or he was having to chip. Uh, Daniil Hunter the whole game, and because of that, they couldn't help the side that had Zadarius Smith, and he was just all over the backfield the entire game. And uh, I'm not worried about the pass rush or the run defense at all at this point in the season. It's just the secondary, and then maybe the offensive line a little bit. But man, it's it's good to be a Vikings fan right now, which hasn't been the case since probably since we went into San Francisco in the 2019 playoffs. So. Feeling good over here. Let's take. I a, mean, look at they—they they ran the ball at six yards a carry. Yeah, and Cook looks great. Madison Cook even twenty look for one hundred and eleven. Madison five for forty. Even Kirk, you like that? Cousins four for twenty-two with a touchdown. I, you know, like I said last week, you know, it's it's weird to it's weird to say your team is comfortable, but. Like I said, I'd put my life savings on a playoff game being at U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, cannot wait. Can't wait, as Bart Scott once said. Let's take one quick look around the rest of the league before we get to your jack-in-the-bum of the week and then our uh, week nine lines. Um, Dolphins uh, had a great game uh, against the Lions. Super high-scoring game. Also, Carolina uh, at Atlanta was just an absolutely nuts game with a Hail Mary and then a crazy penalty for taking off the helmet. Those are kind of the standout games of the morning. Your boy Mike McDaniel, man, I really think Miami is a contender in the AFC, despite you know all this Tua craziness over the past few weeks with the concussions. They look absolutely unstoppable on offense today. And then I would say Atlanta actually looks pretty good. I came out of the morning games thinking those are two teams who before the season, I didn't really have any thought of them being in a playoff game. And now the Dolphins in Atlanta. I mean, both looking pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, as a Niner fan, Atlanta took it to us a couple weeks ago, ran the ball up and down the field. I I would say they look pretty impressive, but Eddie Pinero, what are you doing, my guy? How about you, you know, one of the two kicks? <laughs> I know the penalty and the end of regulation, but missed one in overtime. Uh PJ PJ Walker threw for th- over 300 yards today. You know, I mean that Hail Mary sorry. was probably the throw of the year so far. I said it It wasn't happened. even close. It was like a route. He didn't yeah. even jump. It just nothing. 
Drop it, it in the was, bucket. It was. And, yeah, Mike McDaniel got the boys rolling again into Detroit. I know Detroit, what are they, one in six? Oof. Again, I think we mentioned this last week. I was a big Dan Campbell guy. Their coaching staff, the GM, I came away like I think they're in the right direction, but the numbers don't lie, and they're one in six. That defense is a sieve, a disaster. It, not good. Not good. Uh, yeah, I 31-27, 14 in the – those looks 14 nothing in the second half they outscored them. Former Niner legend, Mostert, solid game. Yeah, solid game. Look at Tyreek, another Tyreek Ty, Tyreek had twelve for one eighty-eight. I mean, that, that's bad. the thing is the connection with Tyreek and Waddle is like already off the charts. Like ninety-nine Kurt Warner to Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt level. Like these guys are putting up one eighty every week, and so I, that's one one thing I wanted to call out is Miami for me. That's probably the stock arrow pointing up the most right now, other than the Vikings and 49ers, of course. Uh, a couple other notes. The Bills just pummeled the Packers. The score was only a 10-point win, but if you watch the game, Green Bay was never in it, never even remotely close to being in it. Uh, Philly blew the doors off of Pittsburgh. Dallas blew the doors off of uh, Chicago. I, I mean, right now, is it a formality at this point? Those are probably – and with Kansas City, who was on a bye. Bills, Chiefs. And then whoever comes out of the Eagles and Cowboys in the East, looking like a pretty solid bet right now that that the Super Bowl is going to have some combination of those four teams. I yeah, I, there's a significant gap in the AFC for sure behind Bills Chiefs. I as much as I love Mike McDaniel, as much as I you know think Joey B has got has got it. It's it's a two horse race in the AFC for sure. Um, might just come down to where that game is. Looks like it. I mean, if Buffalo can keep winning out, it might be in Buffalo. Bills Mafia might go nuts. Mm-hmm. Maybe that makes a difference instead of you know the AFC Invitational every year being held at Kansas City Ooh. last four years. And yeah, Philly looks dominant. Their schedule says that they're. I mean, the, the Philly has a. I'm not going to say an easy route, but, I mean, they're looking like the clear favorites to not only win the division, but get a one seed. Without I know Dallas is kind of – I know Dallas is kind of right there, but Philly's already got the one win over Dallas. Um, yeah, I yeah, I'd, it's fair to say that's probably accurate. Mm-hmm. We got to bring up the London game. Awful game. Just atrocious game to watch. But – Russell Hustle and Bustle Russell Wilson actually got a win. But I think the main storyline for me out of that game was his behavior on the flight over. I have never it's seen criminal. Oh, I've never seen more TikToks and Instagram reels about something that's completely unrelated to football as I have with the whole Russell Wilson on the plane this week. What a clown. Like, what is he doing? I feel like I'm watching a movie and I haven't been told like it's not real yet. I, it's just, I really wanted to come on here and just bag on Russell Wilson, but he did look better than he has recently and they did get a win. So all is happy in Broncos country. So let's ride. 
Mm-hmm. But the high knees on the plane, it's not even it's not even the high knees on the plane. It's for those he, he for those who didn't about see it. it, he was yeah, this is the problem for me. He claimed to the media after he landed in London that he was doing high knees and stretching in the aisles for four hours on the plane as everybody else was sleeping. And he said it. It's like a direct quote in the media. He goes, yeah, I was doing my high knees. I was I was getting ready in the aisles while everybody else was sleeping. What do his teammates think of this guy? I he had to win today. I he just had to. I there's there's no ifs and buts about it. I what he did on the plane if he really did for 4 hours of high knees stretching whatever he's in the aisle while people are sleeping, that is borderline criminal. I I've been on a plane, I've been in the aisle seat, I've been there's barely enough to fit a human being walking to the bathroom in the aisles. I know they're flying private. I know they're flying in the absolute first class planes in the world, but that is ridiculous. And between the four hours of high knees, the eight hours of finger exercises last year, the fake drive on Sunday night football when he wasn't playing, it just it just feels like he he's always got to let the media and the people know what he's doing. Like, hey, look look at me. Look how hard I'm working. If things go wrong, you'll know that I I was working hard. And it's just like, no one cares, Russ. No one cares. Like, just, just you know, th- throw the passes to your own team. You know, move the chains. Score touchdowns in the red zone. And he did that today. I hate to say it. As a Niner fan who's just not a huge fan of Russ – with Seattle, he he had to have especially that one. And Hackett at the had end of at the end one. yeah at the end of the second half at the end of the first half and the early second half, and the end of the game he he put drives together when he had to and beat beat Jacksonville and and I thought the Jaguars would be better than what they are but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. One last thing before we get to your Jack and the Bum of the week, maybe the only guy who had a worse week in the media than Russell Wilson would be Tom Brady. Announced his divorce from Giselle Bündchen. Lost on Thursday. You texted me right as the game ended. Is he crying on the sideline? It really looked like it. It, it was not a horrendous loss like the Carolina game. But again, a game that they probably could have won. Fell apart in so many different ways at the end. I mean, is this his Michael Jordan wizard season? It really is feeling like it. Like, what it, is he doing still playing? Exactly. It it's honestly hard to watch. I is you know, you're a Vikings fan in the NFC. I'm a Niner fan in the NFC. Like, you get down to the end of the season, both our teams are probably battling a wild card spot with Tampa. God forbid the powerhouse Carolina Panthers or Atlanta Falcons wins that NFC <clears> South. <throat> it's just, it's just, it looks, it he looks miserable. Yeah, and I, it's. It's hard to watch. I he doesn't look that bad, you know, but his numbers are okay. Just again, it's the body language. It's the uh it is He doesn't want yeah, to be there. Bad, it wasn't a bad loss, but it's a loss. And they're 3 and 5 and there's no way he lost his wife and kids to be 3 and 5. There's just no way. 
it's it's an ongoing drama. I feel like it's going to be this way the rest of the season. They got the Rams coming to town next week. Then they go to Munich to play the Seahawks in a game that when I saw it on the, the schedule, powerhouse like, Seahawks. Oh, I was like W for Tampa. Not anymore. Seattle looks really good. My brother is a huge Seahawks fan. He's thrilled with that. We'll get to that later. We're going to throw it over to you, Joey, for your jack in the bum of the week. Obviously, a ton of candidates this week. Your boy, Kyler Murray, with some key picks to give the Vikings the game. Derek Carr, for me, was one of the candidates here that the Raiders were lifeless at New Orleans. And then, of course, your honorable cousin, uh, DJ Moore, with the unbelievable Hail Mary catch. Then he takes off his helmet, 15-yard penalty, PAT is missed, and Carolina ends up losing. But you're going in a completely different direction for your jack-in-the-bum of the week. Thank you, Eric. Yes, jack-in-the-bum of the week. Uh, again, thank you for the fans last week for listening to our jack-in-the-bum of the week. Still haven't heard from jack-in-the-box, but we'll get there. A lot of great, a lot of great candidates you just said. Number one, Kyler Murray, very well could have been the bum of the week. He could be the bum of every week but especially the week Call of Duty comes out. But my jack-in-the-bum of the week is none other than Sunshine himself, Ooh. Trevor Lawrence. Sunshine! And and being a Niner fan, one of, the, one of the most, I'd say, most discussed, talked about things of the Kyle Shanahan era was the trade-up to number three for Trey Lance. And that draft, what do we hear? Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Well, I don't hate to be a world beater, but they might all just suck. All of them. All of them. And and Trevor Lawrence was the one that we all thought was foolproof. And no one's saying it. We all kind of gave him a pass last year mm-hmm. for Urban Meyer. You know, no, no arguments there. Kind of a dumpster fire with him. But you got Doug Peterson, Super Bowl champ. Uh, what are you now, two and six mm-hmm. after starting – Two and one today. I I know Denver was a, is a good defense, but you're 18 of 31 for only 133 yards, one touchdown, two picks. One was terrible at oh. the goal line. Your passer rating was 52.2. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna bag on Mac Jones for Bailey, let's be Zappy and and Trey Lance and Justin Fields. It all looks terrible. Zach Wilson, hide your mom. Uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, it's bad. It's very bad. Yeah. And, and it's, for being it's the under discussed right now, everybody wants to bag on field. And I actually think he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks. Everybody wants to bag on Wilson. I don't really think he's working with a lot, but he has been awful. We just completely gloss over the fact that there hasn't been a good quarterback to come into the NFL out of the college ranks since Burrow and Herbert in 2020. It's two straight drafts, complete whiffs. And everybody's and like, and those guys were good, but Trevor Trevor Lawrence was. I mean, he was considered the best prospect since Elway. Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck had crap. Yeah. In Indy, no offensive line. Ryan Grigson would not would not spend the capital, the draft capital, the money, the offensive line. Andrew Luck got into the playoffs, I believe, got into the AFC Championship game against against Brady. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it just he. I watched him today in the Monday morning. You know, us West Coasters got up early. Just missing wide open guys. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, it's 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 a problem. And it and and, and I know they're the Jaguars, back to back first round, first overall picks. Excuse me, mm-hmm. but Travis Etienne, twenty four carries for a buck fifty six. 
six and a half yards a carry. They got the weapons. Today. I watched the. Like, I watched. They're um, like they have a they have, they have players. Yeah. Offensive I, line's pretty good. Everything about that team says, and I remember seeing earlier in this week, they're seventh in DVOA, Jacksonville. They're expected to be like five and three or six and two at this point. Seventh ahead of like you know really good teams. They're right neck and neck. They're with not Philly. bad. Yeah. At all. The weakness is at quarterback, and at this point, season two of their careers, Mahomes was winning an MVP, Jackson was winning an MVP, Burrow was going to the Super Bowl, Herbert was being talked about as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and Trevor Lawrence is, I believe he's 5-20 and 20 now as a starter. We have a crisis in Jacksonville. That's Joey's Jack and the bum of the week. Let's head over to week nine, put week eight in the rearview mirror, and let's guess some lines here. Um, we're going to start with Thursday night with possibly the best team in the NFC, Philadelphia, traveling to Houston. Uh, I mean, Houston is just so bad. I put this as Philadelphia minus nine and a half on Thursday. What do you got? I believe I – did I have Philly minus nine and a half? What did I have? You had 12 and a half according to half? your official submission uh, just before the deadline. It is nine and a half. I did hit that one on the nose. You thought it would be a little bit higher. I feel like this is a stay away game. It's not necessarily a trap game for Philly, but I mean, are they going to really blow the doors off Houston on a short week? I, I, this is a game I would definitely stay away from. It's not the game that Philly's going to lose their undefeated record on, but the motivation on a Thursday at Houston, I believe they have Dallas the week after that. They're not going to be throwing everything they have at them at this point. Um, look, next game, let's go. Houston, I thought Houston would be better than what they are. You, you had high hopes for Davis Mills? <laughs> I I didn't have high hopes, but I thought Davis Mills would be he, – he wasn't bad last year. Out of, out of all those – we talked about those five first-rounders. I mean, he was better than all five. Which is – I think that's as stinging an indictment of last out to quarterback class. I mean – Davis Mills was not even on the radar. And, yeah, he kind of has outperformed all of them to this point. Mac Jones did make the playoffs last year, but pretty shocking. Let's pivot to the 10 a.m. Sunday games on the West Coast, 1 p.m. East Coast. Chargers at Atlanta. We had a big discrepancy here. I said Chargers minus two. What did you go with? I had Chargers minus seven and a half. That is way off, but I get where you're going there. <laughs> it is Chargers minus three. Um, Atlanta probably should have lost today. Uh, I think they deserved the loss. They got away with one, but that just feels like one of those teams that we've seen them in previous years, like Washington with Heineke, these teams that just are not very good, but they're always in every game and they're like so frisky. There's no way you can bet against them. But I was kind of surprised to see that at three when you had the guess at seven and a half, maybe we look the Chargers way this week coming off of a bye. Uh, one more game let's get to Miami at Chicago. Um, I am all in on Miami at this point. I had them at minus four at Chicago. Uh, Chicago coming off a, a big loss at um, Dallas. Yeah, I had Miami minus two and a half. I love Mike McDaniel, as you know, big Mike McDaniel on this uh, podcast, but they haven't – they've kind of slowed off their – 3-0 start, I, I'm i not super in love with what they've been doing the last couple of weeks, but, and, and yes, defense Chicago is shaky. To find, defense, 
a lot shaky. Um, Chicago, I know they lost big to Dallas today, but they seem to have found something at least with Justin Fields a little bit with the with the running running ability he's got. I yeah, I got Miami minus two and a half. So it ended up being Miami minus three and a half. I think that's about right. I feel like Miami's a significantly better team with a really good offensive coach. I've been kind of impressed with Chicago's coaching, uh, coaching staff taking over there, Heber Flus. Um, Fields has looked so much better this year than he did last year um, under Matt Nagy. Uh, let's head over to Carolina at Cincy. Uh, I thought Carolina, obviously they should have won the game today, but that's two straight performances from them where they've been way above expectation. I think this is a letdown spot. I said Cincinnati minus 11 at home against Carolina. I like Cincy. I don't like him that much. I got him Cincy minus six and a half. I think Jamar Chase being out is a giant problem for their offense. And I really like, I know Carolina hasn't, you know, didn't win today. They're not, you know, big on apparently winning this year, team tank, but I really like their defense. I like Cincinnati minus six and a half. Uh, I'm interested to see what they look like tomorrow against Cleveland. Um, I think Jamar Chase being out is 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 a is a big problem. So that's going to be interesting. It's Cincinnati minus eight and a half in that game, so more than a touchdown. Um, tomorrow is going to go a long way toward determining whether Cincinnati belongs anywhere near the conversation with Kansas City and uh, Buffalo. If they blow the doors off Cleveland on the road tomorrow without Jamar Chase, I will shut up about Zach Taylor for a little bit. I've I'm as harsh a critic as that guy as anybody, and only partly because I lost about a million parlays last year that ended with Kansas City beating the Bengals in the AFC championship game. I think he's just not a very good coach, but, I mean, if Burrow continues to play the way he did last week when he just went absolutely apeshit in the first half, I think Kansas, uh, I think uh, Cincinnati belongs in that conversation. We'll see how they do tomorrow. Next game, Green Bay coming off. Pretty listless performance in Buffalo. I thought they would come out with a little more fight than they did. They were basically out of it from the get-go. They're going to Detroit. Uh, I had that at Green Bay minus three and a half at Detroit. I got a Green Bay minus five and a half. I just uh, Rogers owns the Lions. I doesn't matter the names on the back of the jersey. Doesn't matter who's playing for who. Rogers. Without Devontae, Rodgers with Devontae, doesn't matter. Green, I, I think Green Bay wins pretty easily. I think so, too. It's three and a half. Um, I think Green Bay's probably a decent bet there, minus three and a half. The Lions, every game I watch, they just come out flying. They got so much energy. And then the defense just completely falls apart. So if this isn't the get-right game for the Packers, they are absolutely cooked they gotta win this if one. they were they if, they, if they weren't if they weren't done after today at three and five they're put them put them in the freezer because they're done if they lose next week oh without a doubt new england uh hosting indianapolis next week sam ellinger i watched him today was not impressed at all obviously matt ryan is probably done i don't necessarily agree with the decision to bench him at this point Indy's offense looks awful no matter who's at quarterback. I had New England minus three and a half at home against Indy. Who do you have? Same. 
Patriots minus three and a half. So I saw that this opened at five and a half. It immediately went to six and a half, uh, like instantly after they posted it. I think everybody's looking at that and saying, Indy's offense is bad. Let's go with the Pats. But as we saw in that game against Chicago on Monday Night Football last week, Patriots are prone to laying an egg when they have such a non-dynamic offense. That's one. It's more of a, a zig against the public perception rather than something that I actually think is going to happen, but Indy is, some, is a game I circled. Um, Buffalo at the Jets. Buffalo can basically put it in autopilot at this point, I think, and win by double digits in most games. I had them minus, uh, I had them minus ten in this one. Yeah, me pretty close, minus nine and a half. Yeah, I. Zach Wilson. A good... Zach Wilson is. I mean, he needs to bang a couple more moms before the next game to have any hope. I, I, I mean, he came out of the gates flying. His teammates are wearing his T-shirt. They're like, oh, we love this guy. I think he was 3-0 and in his first three starts this year, and I'm like, wow, this dude, he did something a little rash in the offseason, but he got the team around him. And then I watched today's game. I was like, that is a dude who is completely lost. I mean, three three picks, two of, two of which were just – he was trying to throw it away, and they were caught by the other team. It was so bad. The problem, the problem is those moms he's seeing are also seeing Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is that dude – and he's a problem, and uh, yeah. yeah. What do they say? Well, Bills by a million? Yeah. yeah. Buffalo minus nine and a half. Yeah, it's ten and a half. We were both in the neighborhood there. Uh, that's a stay away. Buffalo's probably going to win and probably going to win big, but that's one where like a late touchdown might affect the spread. Uh, Raiders at Jacksonville, probably the two most disappointing teams of week eight. Now they're meeting in Jacksonville. The Raiders, I was so in on them today. I was like, oh, yeah, Dennis Allen, he's going he's gonna to get crushed. This guy's incompetent. The Raiders could not have looked worse today because of that. I they got Jacksonville favored in this game. I got Jacksonville minus one. I have, <laughs> despite the pathetic performance by the Raiders, I have them minus one and a half. So uh, it's, it is Raiders minus one and a half. I was absolutely stunned when I saw that one. How can you be favored on the road after that performance? I guess the odds makers looked at Trevor Lawrence and said, we cannot make that guy a favorite at the well, moment. Well, the, Ra- the Raiders should be better than their record. Today was abysmal. Today, I believe, was already the, the second post-game uh, call into my office from Mark Davis to Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. after, was yeah. it week eight today? Yeah. So I think it's already number two. I think he had one when they were – Owen three or Owen four, whatever they were. Yeah. And uh, they were awful today. Derek Carr was awful. Devonte Adams looks. He had one catch. He had a for couple three drops. Yards. Yeah, I. Oh, passing like, of the they, torch, <laughs> baby. Just and the Jefferson, the one guy that they were like the best wide receiver in the NFL. Sorry, Devonte. The one guy that they were playing in, I remember playing in the Hall of Fame game against those Jaguars was Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs has been balling. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs is, is has been a stud. Derek Carr looks like he's regressed severely. Devontae, I thought it was the other way around. I thought Rodgers missed Devontae. Devontae might miss Rodgers. It looks, it's, it's, the, Sa- the Saints, the Saints gave up 
like how much to, to Arizona last week? Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Not good at all for the Raiders. But again, they're more talented than Jaguars. I, I that's why I went with the Raiders. I think just the way the people bet, I just there's yeah, Trevor Lawrence, my jack in the bum of the week. Not great either. <laughs> Next one might be a home game for the Raiders. Don't know. We're going to the one o'clock window. This is the game that we'll get to later in my You Like That Five Picks of the Week. Arizona at home against Seattle. I had it Arizona minus one and a half. What do you have? Pretty close. I got Arizona minus one. So this but... this just hit the wire. Arizona minus four. Probably the, That's str- nuts. the strangest line I have seen all year. And I'm trying to think, is it? public perception of the Seahawks is that they're going to drop off at some point. I mean, I keep watching the Seahawks and saying, oh, maybe this is the week they fall off, and they're just not falling off. They have a great ground game. Geno Smith's still over 70% completion. He had some throws to Tyler Lockett today, one of which was dropped, that were just absolute fucking dimes. Just like 40-yard bomb on the nose, and I'm like, why would Arizona be favored by four at home? First of all, there's going to be a lot of Seahawks fans at that game. We are all over Seattle plus four there, I think. Uh, yeah. If, 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 yes. If it is Arizona minus four, yes, absolutely. Seattle plus four. Uh, I have absolutely no reason to believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Geno Smith is balling. I don't know if it was Pete Carroll. I believe it was Tyler Lockett after the game today said a quote again, I'm going to get it wrong, but I believe he said something like it's amazing what we can do when not one single person is taking credit for the team. And I'm like, (laughs) Russ, Gino is balling as much as I hate Seattle. There's something again, I said last week is so pure, so organic, so addictive that those guys have got this just, F U mentality mm-hmm. like this team. It's everything we love about team sports mm-hmm. and it is rolling. Kenneth Walker stud Charles cross their first round tackle stud. They seem to have hit, you know, their, their picks this year. I, they got a couple really good it. corners I, I, now that, I mean, God forbid, God forbid Denver keeps losing a bit. They, they're going to get a super high draft pick next year. Uh, it's all fun games until, you know, the NFC West uh, foes, Seattle Seahawks, uh, turn this bad boy around uber quickly. And, uh, yeah, but I I hate Arizona. They yeah. suck. <laughs> Next game in the 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific window, uh, a game that I would imagine this is a game that Fox early in the season said, we have to protect this game. We can't let NBC get this game. Rams at Tampa Bay which now looks like a battle of dumpster fires. I had it at Tampa Bay minus one in a game that everyone had circled on their calendar. And now it looks like it's like a loser leaves town matchup. Like whoever loses this game is mortally wounded. I got it Rams minus one and a half for none other reason than I just, I, I think Tampa has just already checked out. I, between the whole head coach, like, uh, I, I read today the way Tom Brady forced out Bruce Arians and then went with, uh, it's totally blanking on me, the guy. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Yeah. Uh, 
seems like it's not going well. No, I. It's just he can't. He can't. They lost Shaq Barrett for the year. I. It. They are so banged up on the offensive line. I. But who knows? I don't know. I just realized right now, talking out loud, that I made that line pick with not knowing what Cooper Cup status is. I mean, the Rams, Sean McVay, down, what, 17 in the fourth quarter with under a minute left, decided to throw a screen pass to Cooper Cup. That was super. Uh, Well, he might have got a high ankle sprain or something, so we'll see what his his availability is next week. But, yeah, it's it's the loser bowl, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah. it's supposed to be a really good game, but no. So I think Vegas thinks that – Cooper Cup may miss this game. It's Tampa Bay minus two and a half, which might look at the Rams in that spot if there's any inkling that Cup is going to play Tampa on the downslide. Rams were competitive today in the first half, and I was like, this is looking like the old McVay Rams. But Allen Robinson actually oof. played today. Yeah, he's off. He's Cuts off the milk carton. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee at Kansas City on Sunday night. Football Matthew Stafford night. threw it to somebody with some darker pigment. For the first time all season. I keep seeing those TikToks that it's like Matthew Stafford's dream team, and it's like a guy who drafts all white wide receivers. I'm like, that seems about right. He's like, why throw it to Allen Robinson, who's been to like multiple Pro Bowls when you can get it to Ben Skoranek, you know? Although I will say Allen Robinson had a had a, uh, a terrible uh, unsportsmanlike taunting penalty oh, on the first down pass. And uh, – and uh, we don't we don't like to uh, see that unnecessary roughness against Talano Hufunga. Nice guy, good guy for the team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a family show, boys. Please uh, keep it to yourselves, hands and arms <laughs> in, inside the ride. Uh, back it up, fifteen, Alan. Sorry, but uh, he did he did he did participate in the American game of football today. Yeah, for the so, first time all season. Uh, Tennessee at Kansas City Sunday Night Football next week. This is the game that I thought would be a blowout, but I've seen Tennessee this year kind of do what they did last year just sneaking along henry's getting going Tannehill was out today they still won comfortably um i had kansas city minus seven and a half in this game i got kansas city minus nine and a half after what i saw last week uh i could have said kansas city minus 19 and a half after what they did to my niners but I really like Tennessee. I love what Mike Vrabel's been doing last few years. We'll see who's playing at quarterback, but yeah, Derrick Henry. I mean, I know a couple of years ago, the year that they won the Super Bowl, they played Tennessee in the AFC Championship, and Tennessee was, I believe, had a double-digit lead in that in that game. Mm-hmm. I run the ball. They have the formula to beat ten, to beat Kansas City, but at Arrowhead Sunday Night Football, could possibly be your rookie quarterback. I don't like that at all for yeah. Tennessee and I, just, uh, I Patrick Mahomes I think that's why it's Kansas City minus 10 and a half is the actual line there's probably a decent chance that Malik Willis starts that game this Tannehill's got an ankle issue and an illness if he comes back I don't know why I'm saying a rookie quarterback even if Tannehill does start it's not like he's a world beater yeah it's not like <laughs> you're throwing prime Johnny Unitas out there Monday Night Football next week Baltimore at New Orleans um, I'm on Baltimore minus three there. What are you looking at? I got Baltimore minus one and a half. So it's it is three and a half. 
Um, I thought that was like a little bit much given how New Orleans played today. I, I lean Baltimore still, uh, that game on Thursday night. Again, after watching like Nathaniel Hackett and Lovey Smith and all these incompetent coaches, it really makes me appreciate like what a John Harbaugh is worth to a team. Just a dude whose teams are always prepared. They're always prepared. And Baltimore just got a lot of guys that know where they're supposed to be. What a concept. <laughs> what a concept. I watched that Denver yeah. game. Uh, and that, good that, coach. Yeah, my oh. players know what the play is. Denver today had a delay a game on a kickoff and a punt. And not like a, oh, I'm at the opponent 45, I'll take the five. Like a, we're trying to punt at our own 25 and we had a delay a game. And then they score a touchdown. And on the ensuing kickoff, they got a delay a game on the kickoff. I'm like, if, if Denver lost that game, Hackett would have been fired. Like, how does that happen? I, I've defended him a little bit just because a lot like the Niners, like Jimmy, like Kyle gets so much heat, you know, sometimes for like play calls, decisions, whatever. And like you actually look at the play and it's like, wow, Jimmy, there's two guys running wide open and he, and he just doesn't see him. Mm-hmm. I've defended Hackett with that so far with Russ. Like, oh, you know. Like week one against Seattle, they kicked that 64-yarder, and it's like, well, hindsight, like maybe Russ just ain't that guy at the time. And they're mm-hmm. like, I, you know, Brandon McManus has got a leg. He's kicking and been kicking in Denver. He's, he's, you know, been a pretty good kicker in Seattle. You know, might as well take the chance. Russ, that Thursday night game against the Colts, just doesn't see K.J. Hamler. But today, the, the interview at halftime, I don't know if you saw, the interview at halftime with mm-hmm. ESPN's Laura Rutledge, she asked him, you know, what do you see from the way he answered the questions? He looked nervous. He looked like he didn't want to like say anything bad about his team. He looked awkward. And the whole, the, the Melvin Gordon thing too. He was like, Melvin Gordon was complaining. He was like, Oh, you know, I don't know why I'm not playing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I should be the starter. And then Hackett came out and said, Oh no, I love Melvin. Melvin's going to start next week, even though he clearly benched it. It just, he looks like he's trying to people, please put out every, fire that could be that you know he, he just doesn't want to be that bad cop whatever right. I, I don't know what and the I team's just sloppy didn't. because of it he yeah exactly i i said i texted you 10 penalties 10 accepted penalties in the first how's that even possible yeah. how's it how is that possible but hey they won so hey. he's got another week Congrats. I know midweek, this I know midweek they were saying if he didn't win that he might be on the uh, outs, but we'll see. He's got another yeah. week. Oof, he bought himself another week. Last game, we always end with our teams. The Niners are on a bye. Vikings are at Washington and the fighting Taylor Heineke's. Uh, I got Vikings minus two and a half in that game. I got Vikings minus three and a half. So it is Vikings minus three. We split the difference there. Um this is a game I'm worried about that I wouldn't have been two weeks ago. Heineke, two games, two fourth-quarter comebacks to win it. His teammates just love the guy, and it seems to be a team that, like, they're playing for Ron Rivera. They're playing for Heineke. They hate the owner, and it's like, nobody believes in us. We can do it on our own. Sneaky little team there in Washington. Uh, I am kind of nervous going into that game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, look out Carson Wentz because Taylor Heineke is uh, has got the boys going uh, two <laughs> weeks in a row. I know today 
you know, say what you want about the Colts, but big win on the road. Yeah, I it's a it's a game it's a game the Vikings should win. I mean, they are dramatically more talented than mm-hmm. than Washington. Uh, the game I like I believe is in Washington. Yeah, it's yeah. in Washington. Uh, but it is a 10 a.m. game, so that benefits Kirk, mm-hmm. uh, big 10 a.m. guy on the West Coast. I heard Bill Simmons uh, say this on his podcast this week. Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the NFL when he's on like the fifth screen at Buffalo Wild Wings. Like that's his that's place. A good, that's a good analogy in the football universe. If he's on, you know, one twenty-five Pacific Fox game of the week, if he's on Sunday or Monday or Thursday night football, you are worried. But if it's ten a.m. and there's a couple better games, like today, he's playing against Arizona. Like not a lot of people watching that game. Fucking lights the world on fire. That is Kirk in a nutshell. Probably in line for a decent game there. Um, quick recap of the Niners and Vikings at this point. I feel good looking looking forward to Washington because we have to have that one. After that, we go at Buffalo. Um, we've already had our bye. We, we probably have to win the Washington game if we have any thoughts of, oh, we're going to be the number one seed and get home field advantage because Philly's schedule is so easy. The Niners are going into their bye. You got to be hoping that they get healthy, come out of the bye flying. Do you think that the ceiling for them is still winning multiple playoff games, or are we just trying to go week by week at this point? I got the Niners minus three and a half that somebody doesn't get hurt during the bye week. <laughs> um, that's what I'm most worried about. Yeah, I mean, biggest thing in the immediate, you know, future is get healthy. I Eric Armstead sadly. Our run defense is severe. I I have not been the biggest Armstead guy over the years, being a big DeForest Buckner guy. Mm-hmm. The time they moved him, they basically chose Armstead over Buckner, factoring in the salary. Armstead has been, he's been very good last, especially second half last year. This year, our run defense has suffered severely because of him. Sounds like he's got pretty chronic plantar fasciitis on his foot. I I don't know he'll be back after. I got hopefully chronic plantar de- fasciitis from playing pickleball. It's not fun, especially when you're six foot seven, three hundred. I'm assuming Eric Arms. It can't be very fun. Um, I am also almost six foot seven and almost three hundred pounds. So yeah, I I, I, I mean it. it's 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 super good to know we got NFL athletes on this pod. Mm-hmm. You know, been there, done that. Yeah, uh, Debo. Hopefully, hamstring, never know. Again, not a bone issue, you know, muscle, what's going on. Uh, he finished the Chiefs game. Don't know what Don't know what happened. Uh, use check, broken finger. Hopefully, he'll be back. Dre Greenlaw, our linebackers have been with him out. Aziz Alshire out. Yeah, I mean, we need to get healthy. Put but yeah, every I, guy I mean, on the team in a hyperbaric chamber for 10 days. That's the that's the move. Yeah, I something. I don't cancel practice. I don't care. Go go to Top Golf. I don't care. Just <laughs> do not get hurt. In fact, don't go to Top Golf because you probably will get hurt. <laughs> yeah, they'll trip I, walking up the stairs to the second I don't, floor. I don't know. Thing. No, I mean honestly, if they're somewhat healthy, I. Yeah, I believe the ceiling is win the division and win a playoff game or two. I I believe they're that good. I when they're healthy, I. Their offensive line has been better than what I've expected this year, except for the right tackle. Big Mike, you've been a 
turnstile at right tackle, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, I, Emmanuel Mosley is the one torn ACL done for the year. Oh. That that hurt. Yeah, because he contract year he's been lights out ever since he took over that role. Really, the year of the Super Bowl year a couple of years ago when he filled in for uh, Kella Witherspoon. I remember when we played your Vikings at Levi's and he gave up that touchdown to Diggs. And I remember mm-hmm. texting you and everyone I know, get him off the field. And, <laughs> and, and they Emmanuel did. Mosley's, and, and they did. And Emmanuel <laughs> Mosley's not let that, not let that role go since then. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Maybe they get Jason Verrett. They activated him off the PUP. It was good. See last if they year. get him back. But our, our next game is in two weeks, Sunday night football against the chargers. The, the uh, off-season champs of every year, uh, mm-hmm. except they don't actually win during the regular season. But, yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert, I, I, I think Mike Williams probably be out that game. I mean, who knows if if the uh, second-best Bosa brother is playing. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah, it should be it should be a good one. And after that, I think we get, we get Monday night football against uh, the fighting Kyler Murray Call of Duty people. Mm-hmm. That's so, in Mexico yeah. City. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that'll be a good one. Niners kind of had to have that one going into the bye. If you would have gone in at three and five, had to worry. Had to have it, and they got it, and they played great in the second half. Let's take a look at I, some other stories around the sports world that we've been following before we get to my picks and your feels great, baby. Um, I, if the World Series is happening and no one's watching it, Didn't is it actually it. happening? I mean, I've never seen less interest in a World Series than I have for this one. I'm on social media, and I follow a million baseball people and a million football people. And there's just – it's like it's not even happening. It's the at MLB account and then, like, Ken Rosenthal and whatever that I see. There's no, like, just general talk about it. I, I did watch a little bit of Game 2. Astros dominated. The Game 1 was supposedly actually a really great game with the Phillies comeback, but – my thing I wanted to bring up is when was the last time we saw like an America's team in baseball, the way everybody's rooting for the Phillies in this one. Like if you are watching, you're hate watching because you want to see the Phillies beat the Astros. Everyone I've talked to about it, they're like, Oh yeah, I'll probably watch. I just want to see Houston lose. Yeah. I, 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 it's interesting you bring this up because I thought about it today. And you are definitely a much bigger baseball fan than mm-hmm. me now. But years ago, baseball used to be my favorite sport. I, you know, my parents, we used to have eight season tickets. Used to watch every game, nine innings, you know. It was the thing to do in the summer. You play your mm-hmm. baseball game, whatever you're doing, in high school, little league, whatever. You watch the A's. You, If you're out here, A's, Giants fan, wherever you are in the uh, United States of America, you watch baseball. Now, I, I think I may watch it. I don't know if I watched a total of nine innings of baseball the entire season. Whew. And, and I, I often wonder why because, you know, and the only reason I could come up with is just it's just everything is a walk, a strikeout, or a home run. And like people love home runs, but the more you hit, the more diluted it gets. The strikeouts, the, I, it just it's not what I love. There's no there's no hit and run. There's no stolen boy. There's no stolen base. The rules no. with the pitching, 
doubles there's, and triples. Yeah, nothing. The, yeah, shot in the gap, like, you know, here we go, wave them in. No, that doesn't happen. Uh, the shift, uh, just everything. It just, it's not what I loved. I, it, I mean, no one talks about it. No one. Whether you're at, at work, at, mm-hmm. you know, friends, on TV. You look at TV, whatever you're watching, whether you watch, you know, First Take, Undisputed, you watch, you know, NBC, you watch whatever your show of podcast. If you don't watch a, if you don't watch or listen to a baseball show or podcast, they're mm-hmm. not talking about baseball. It's never, and, it's never been at a lower point because it's been baseball was America's sport until about the early '80s when it kind of transferred over to football. For whatever reason, it's at its lowest point because it's the most regionalized sport. Like everybody in Philadelphia loves the Phillies. Everybody in Houston loves the Astros. Nobody else cares. And it's, it's really shocking. Like even if it was, if it would have been their dream matchup of Dodgers Yankees, that still is probably not moving the needle enough to, if you had Jacksonville Denver on Sunday night football, against game three of the world series it's going to do five times the ratings and it's not necessarily just because the nfl is this juggernaut it's because the interest in baseball nationally for whatever reason because of the new way the game is played because of you know mlb.tv kind of regionalizing the way you can watch baseball the national interest is completely gone and i think that's been a detriment to what used to be my favorite sport too i used i i don't know i I hear a lot like, oh, you know, whether it's, you know, the TV provider, your local regional network, MLB.TV or whatever, like, oh, they make it so hard to watch baseball. I'm like, maybe I'm naive, but like, I, there's a lot of baseball games available to me with what I, you know, pay for with Comcast. Maybe people don't have, you know, Comcast, ESPN. I, I do, I love my TV. I pay for a lot of streaming. I pay, you know, but like, it's not that hard to watch a baseball game if you really wanted to watch a baseball game, you know, like like football could eventually football could cancel everything and go to Apple TV. Mm-hmm. I would buy Apple TV tomorrow, mm-hmm. like immediately. Baseball could go to whatever. I'm not buying. It. I don't care. I it's <laughs> people will find out. People will watch what they want to watch, and people just don't want to watch baseball. And my personal reason is just it's. Well, personally, being a big, you know, at the time being a big Ace fan, I mean, I, I, I got eventually sick and tired of like just move, the, just move the fucking team. Like, like you keep telling me you're moving, you keep telling me all this stuff. Like, you know, as you know, Dave Cavill, like going to Vegas, like just stop playing with me and just move the fucking team already. Like, I, I can't take it. I can't. The, the whole like, you know, rooted in Oakland give me a break just move like just stop stop playing with me get a like, new stadium in oakland I, sell the team or move the well, team didn't yesterday There's you know more than me again yeah. didn't yesterday didn't manfred yesterday say like the a's are not going to be in oakland so there was a firestorm on twitter about that he did not say that but fox sports mlb tweeted that he said that what he said was that's what, that's what, I, that's what I read because I didn't yeah. actually read it because i don't but yeah I, I read he that said fox. it's not looking good at the moment but he never said it's look he never said the words Las Vegas. He never said the team is moving to Las Vegas, but he said it's not looking good with the Oakland city government at the moment. I think 
it is extremely likely that John Fisher either sells the team or looks into moving it to Las Vegas and starts that process like before next season starts. Um, clearly the guy does not want to own a baseball team. He just wants to buy land in Oakland or Las Vegas and turn it into a mall that happens to have a baseball stadium there. Fuck that guy. He's like, I'm the biggest age fan in the world. <laughs> he, you know, he's ruining this thing that me and my family have connected over for since I was a little it kid. Is. I, it... He's ruined it. And, and Manfred is not helping. And, you know, I want the team to be in Oakland, but I want more than anything for the A's to just be good for an extended period of time. And they can't with this owner. So fuck that guy. He's, he's just a clown. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, it, it, I don't, it just, I don't know. I hate to, I hate to be like that older version of myself that becomes more jaded with sports and realizes that this isn't just a bunch of guys playing a game. That's all super fun and woohoo. We're here to win and go team and it's a business, but boy, your owner and the way your owner views the team and how he wants to spend the money on the team matters so much into whether or not your favorite team in any sport actually wins anything. Ever. So true. We And when we were 15 years old, we didn't realize this. We're like, let's go win, guys. And now we're like, no. Our You're like, why did my, why did my, why did my favorite player leave? Yeah, I, I don't like get your mom it. Or, and then your mom like, or dad at the time's like, oh, you know, like they'll replace them. It'll be, you know, just, you know, whatever. Everything's going to be fine. And now it's like they didn't want to pay him. He wanted too much money. Another owner gave him the key to the city, a no movement clause, and – you know, free M and M's the rest of his career. I don't know. Like it's just Devastating. all these other teams too. Like you know, we have an internal budget like the A's. Like I just, I don't know. I it's just it it it's just. At least it's not the NBA. Can we talk about the Lakers? Oh, that makes me feel God. fired up. What Lakers, a tire ben, fire! The fight in Brooklyn, Ben Simmons. Oh my closed god. Closed door closed closed door meeting last night, I believe, after their big fat L to the Pacers I saw on Twitter. Here's another thing. In baseball, all the discussion is about, you know, I still want baseball to be fun. I still I'm, want to watch I want to want to watch baseball. The discussion you about could baseball not pay is me. always You could not pay me to watch the NBA. That's what I'm saying. The, the World Series has little interest. People are like, the game is slow. The game is whatever. The discussion with NBA basketball right now is solely on Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, LeBron. There's no. Why is the, everyone so unhappy in the yeah, NBA? It's only drama. And you are making basketball. so much money, and no one is happy. I mean, everyone except miserable. for the Warriors. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's and that's only because they got an owner that's willing to pay 300 plus million a year for the team. To, I love you know, that. I mean, I, oh. I I love that so much. I don't care taxes. I don't care. We're here to win, and he's been rewarded. That's the thing. Yeah, I believe Forbes just came out. Warriors' most valuable franchise in the NBA. Got to pay to play. Yeah, but he's yeah, doing uh, it better just, than anybody. I mean, but I, that's the thing. Is like other than the Warriors. Every story that comes out of the NBA right now is, you know, Kyrie Irving had an anti-Semitic tweet. Uh, Kyrie, things- Irving, Kyrie Irving did another thing the next day. Kyrie Irving yeah. did another different oh. thing. And then Russell Westbrook, you know, he's going to have to come off the bench. It's like, no shit, he can't play. Like, I mean, <laughs> man, everyone just refuses to come off the bench. People are talking about, you know, 
Ben uh, Simmons just... pulls up from three in like a street basketball game for charity and misses by a mile. And that's the story <laughs> of the week. It's like so I, funny. I, I and, and you know what? I, I will throw the NBA a little bit of a bone because I think it was the last week. They, the Warriors played Phoenix, I believe, on, on TNT. And I was like, oh, I like TNT. You know, Shaq, Chuck, and whatever. You know, yeah. Warriors, Phoenix, big game. It was like a good game. You saw all of a sudden you see Clay and Devin Booker going. I'm like, okay, this has some juice. This yeah. isn't just a, a load management Thursday night in the middle of October that no <laughs> one cares about. Like Kawhi Leonard's already missing games for load. We're already managing our load. It's been like two weeks. Like, oh. golly, you take a family of four, God forbid, a father and his kid, a mother and her son, whatever you want to – grandpa and granddaughter. I don't care who it is. You pay all that money to go to a game and you get to see that – Star X, Y, and Z is managing his load, and he's not. Oh my <laughs> god! Like, stop it! I, but yeah, I watched the game, and it, it, it's Booker and Clay are going at it. Clay Thompson, by the way, might be my favorite NBA player. Oh, me love too. to just hang out with that guy. But one of the and, only and, and, and they toss Clay Thompson. The they toss Clay Thompson. The one game that actually seems like it's got some juice. They're like, "Excuse me, family show. You're out of here, Clay." And I'm like, immediately turn the channel. I'm like, <laughs> under zero circumstances, I don't care if he would if he said he would murder your family. You cannot throw Clay Thompson out of the game. Ugh. Yeah, you're taking all the joy out of it. And of course the game just completely unraveled from that point. No reason to watch it. That was rough. We'll tune back in in May when the Warriors are in the yeah, I was gonna say I was <laughs> gonna say, I can't wait to see the follow up in June. Yeah. Let's let's. Uh, I'll t- I'll take my talents to live golf before oh I watch God. the NBA. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started on the live golf. I can't believe it's even on the ESPN app now, showing like the scores. Is it? Oh, I, I heard I heard that. Fox picked it up. No, no, no. Fox was offered the games. Oh, live was going to oh. pay them to broadcast oh. the games the other oh, way around like the hockey like the hot like the nhl model where yeah. the nhl pays espn you to pay, pay to have your games on a network i'm like that's not how it works but i digress uh let's head over to uh my you like that five picks of the week um i take the lines that joey and i guessed i look at the actual lines and we come up with our best five picks so obviously number one seahawks plus four um i've already actually bet that uh, before we started the pot, <laughs> I was like, I have to have that because I know that's going way down. Um, obvious reasons there. Geno's on fire. Seahawks running games on fire. Not a big believer in Cliff and Kyler. This is not a Cliff and Kyler podcast. I mean, do you need uh, any other reason other than Call of Duty just came out? Kyler, I, Kyler's busy. You know what I will say? You know what I will watch before I watch the NBA or like anything? Uh, in-season hard knocks, Arizona Cardinals. Oh. You get to watch them implode. You get to watch that jawing match between Cliff and Kyler on Thursday night last week and the fallout from that. What did he Cliff, say? What did he say? What did he say? Cliff just Calm gives the up. Fuck down. Yeah. He's, he, Cliff is just like, I can't yell at him because then everybody's going to be like, it's a fight. It's a whatever between. And so he's just there like, okay, okay, Kyler. Okay, whatever. Just so dysfunctional. Um, well, you saw the game today. The pick he threw uh, in the fourth quarter. He goes to the sideline. They, Fox had the camera on him because they, they know what's going on. And he's just like pounding his helmet, pounding the – I'm just like, this is – I just do. He just I, rage quit in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is what he did. Yeah, he just raged. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> pick number two, we're going with the Chargers minus three. Joey, you had it at minus seven and a half. 
Obviously, that was off by quite a bit. But the reason it was off is because the Chargers are so much more talented than Atlanta. Atlanta clearly probably better coached, but we're going to roll with the Chargers minus three because you were off by that amount. I mean, clearly Herbert is going to be better than Mariota. Um, third pick. Atlanta can run, Atlanta can run the ball, and the Chargers, I, I they don't have a good run defense, so we'll see. That seems like a low-scoring game to me. I don't know. Atlanta's going to sell out everything to try to stop Herbert down the field, especially if um, Atlanta's pass defense is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they got problems. Well, we wouldn't know. The Niners wouldn't know. Jimmy didn't do anything about that. We wouldn't know. <laughs> you, you're back on the rails. you got to put the Atlanta loss <laughs> in the rearview mirror. Uh, third pick, we're going Jacksonville plus one and a half, uh, hosting the Raiders. I kind of think the Raiders are toast after what I saw today. Um, completely lifeless. As you said, McDaniels is eight games into his Raiders career. He's had two closed-door meetings with the owner. I am taking Jacksonville after that, no matter how bad Trevor Lawrence looked today. And then – we're both taking a flyer here. This is our fourth pick, Indianapolis plus six and a half. We both had the game at three and a half. It's at New England. Obviously, Indy's offense is awful, and against all odds, we're going to take Indy here. Six and a half does seem like a lot for Mac Jones, who like didn't exactly light the world on fire today. The only reason the Patriots won that game by as much as they did is Zach Wilson kept giving the ball away. We're going to roll with Indy. God help us. And then... The last pick, this was a tough one. We really didn't have any other options here. We're rolling with your boy Joey B, uh, minus 8.5, Cincinnati minus 8.5 at home against Carolina. Uh, they should roll in that one, but we'll see tomorrow how he does uh, at Cleveland uh, before we lay that bet down. But that's our, our number five pick of the week. What do you think? Yep. I'm very interested to see what, what the Bengals do tomorrow without Jamar Chase because – Again, I'm no X's and O's expert on the football field. That's why I'm, you know, just a fat guy behind this mic <laughs> on a podcast. But uh, from what I've read, their offense pretty much is man-to-man. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, like win one-on-one down the field. And without Jamar Chase, do they double T. Higgins? And, you know, you know Tyler Boyd, we'll see. I, I know they, can, they should be able to run the ball with Joe Mixon. But, yeah, I – We'll see, but Cleveland isn't good either. Oh so. man, so rough. That's that. Cleveland was trying to mark. Cleveland was trying to hang on before uh, before uh, Deshaun got back. Well, uh, mission not accomplished. They did not hang on. Yeah, that, they were hoping he would come back into a playoff race. He's going to come back into uh, probably a bit of a tire fire with. He him probably going on should the road. just sit the season out. I know what to, I believe the first game he would come back is on the road and that is going to be a carnival with oh my I believe God. I believe his first game back is at Houston. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh my, the the level of animosity in that game. It's going to it's going to look like the Wilson game at Seattle except there's going to be a lot more innuendo, you know. <laughs> I just I don't know. I just I uh... You'd have you'd have a really good. That's a good debate for a podcast. What trade was worse, the Deshaun or the Russell Wilson? I don't know. Oh my god! At this point, you got to. I mean, Wilson's the leader in the clubhouse, but if Deshaun comes out and like plays well for five games at the end of the, the season, the sad, the sad thing. You're right. The sad thing about Deshaun is if he does come back and play well, the way people just love and think about sports, they will not care about what happened <laughs> off the field. It's they will not care. 
and the Cleveland fans like if he, will just if he stop. comes back if he comes back throws three touchdowns against the Texans and and they roll no matter what their record is you can't tell me that Browns fans will be like oh we'll see you 2023 baby dog pound is back yeah they will they that'll absolutely be a thing and that's the NFL in a nutshell uh, what is your feels great baby moment of the week your take that you feel best about at the moment. Uh, I just gave my you like that five picks of the week. What's your feels great, baby? I don't know if I officially went on record with this last week, but I know I texted it to you, but my my pick of the Rams, Bucks, and Packers all missing the playoffs, I feel pretty great about that. I feel like they will all miss the playoffs. That's that's the GOAT. The back-to-back MVP and the defending Super Bowl champions all missing the playoffs. I, and I try and think about it, but what what is their path to get there? Mm-hmm. The Rams, I how are they going to win the division? They're already down. They 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 they, they, they got swept by the Niners. Mm-hmm. I they're already down. I believe two games to Seattle. Mm-hmm. I. Maybe Cooper Cup misses a game. The Packers, they're not winning the division. Yeah. They're they're several games behind the wild card to Dallas mm-hmm. and the Giants and 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 I guess Tampa is the one team I guess could win the division, but that is 50-50 at best as crazy as that is. I I I mean, I think they could win the division, but they the last division game they played, they lost 21 to 3 to Carolina. And they're trying to lose. I yeah, that's my that's my that's my what I thought was a hot take that now is turning into lukewarm. quite a lukewarm reasonable take. It's that, unbelievable that that three out of the four teams that were in the divisional round last year in the NFC are not going to make the playoffs. And I believe the order of betting favorites in the NFC to win the NFC when the season started was Tampa. Green Bay Rams in that order. Those were one, two, three, and then it, it was Dallas. Yeah, insane. And they're not only do they all have losing records, they've actually probably looked worse. Like on they the looked tape. worse than their yeah. record. Yeah, like the Tampa games have been lifeless. The Rams cannot block, and all those years of trading away top picks has cost them. And then the Packers, when when the Vikings dominated them week one, I was like. That's as good a performance as I've seen from us. I'm all in on O'Connell. And then week two, the Packers just crushed the Bears. And I'm like, okay, it was just a week one blip, like when they lost against New Orleans the season before in their opener. And then it's just been an absolute nosedive from there. I like your take there. I think, I mean, I, like you said, I, if, if one of those teams makes it, it's Tampa, just because their division sucks, not because of anything positive we've seen from them to this point. No. No Shaq Barrett. Their offensive line is in shambles. Tom, Tom might retire tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh. I don't know. I not good. The Rams. The Rams. Again, I mean they didn't look good anyway. But holy smokes, if you're a Rams fan, if you lose Cooper Cup for more than a week, that's a that's a huge problem. And and the Packers are. The Packers are uh, – what, what did the years ago – what did the uh, Odell Beckham uh, bye week like a uh, boat trip? That's what they're going on. Oh. That's, well, that's what the Packers are. Oh, my God. Devastating. Uh, I, <laughs> Rogers is going to say something on the Pat McAfee show this week. He'll be like, whose fault is it was it this week? 
He's going to be on. He's going to take some ayahuasca before the podcast and just let her rip. Maybe. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe they do high knees. We don't know. Maybe he'll (laughs) high knee it over to the Pat McAfee show. Anything happened this week uh, outside of sports for you that you want to bring up before we get out of Dodge and close up shop here on our second episode of of the podcast? I was talking I uh today I went over to the uh cousin in laws to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, Mason and Jake, their their house. So I was talking to their mom and uh and uh kind of football related, but she was she was like, you know, I'm not really a huge football person, but uh I'm not gonna lie, the the Brady Giselle news kinda hit me hard this week. <laughs> like uh I don't really care that much, but like I I thought about it more than I, more than I thought I would, and and it was interesting she said that because I, what I was going to talk to you about is like. I felt the same way. Like I don't really care. Like who cares? Like yeah. they're both super rich. Not that money is everything, you know. Mm-hmm. At least I hope that. I mean, they were they were actually married thirteen years, I believe, which is right longer than I thought it was. But I believe, despite how rich and famous they were, the reason apparently the rumored reason why they broke up or got divorced is so very relatable. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is an argument that I have had several times with Kayla, my wife, as you know, like if, if Kayla ever made me give up sports, I could not imagine what a fight, like if you're Tom Brady and your wife, I don't care who it is, tells you, you have to give up what you have loved your entire life. That is a problem. <laughs> I don't care. Like my mom, I, I've told my mom this, my, I, I would talk to my mom. I've had, you know, with her, like, you know, she'd be, cause I've talked to her like about, Oh, you know, me and Kayla were so different, you know, like she doesn't like sports as much as I do, which is fine. But like, you know, right. It's just, it's just, you know, we're just different, you know? And my mom's like, well, if you ever, if you ever had a choice between, you know, sports and Kayla, like I know you, you love her, like you choose Kayla. And I'm like, mom, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I have loved sports from the day I was born. It's what I did. It's what I, I did with, you know, my dad. You know, I don't know, your husband, mom. Like, it's what we did. My friends, my everything. Like, that's what I've done. Like, if Kayla told me to give that up for her, then she's not it. <laughs> and and she knows that. That's why. Like, she knows. And I could say the same thing for her. You know, I'm not trying to be like, oh, like this is all about, you know, Tom Brady and, and you know, the the male, like we love sports. Mm-hmm. But like her, like if I told like she loves animals like me, I was like, I hope every I hope they all die. I don't want a pet. I don't <laughs> want a dog. I don't want a cat. I, I hate animals, hate them. And she lo- not only loves animals, she loves obscure animals like a goat, chickens. She'd love a hamster, like forget a dog or a cat. If I ever told her, like, you will never, ever have animals. Like if you're with me, like what a terrible person, right? right? It's just with anybody. Like if you're with somebody, man, woman, you know, whatever type of relationship, if you make that person give up their first love, that is a gigantic problem. Mm-hmm. And that is so relatable. Like I, and just to see it, to see it play out in, in arguably the most famous celebrity couple in terms of sports Brady and Giselle I mean greatest living American in Tom Brady and supermodel wife like it doesn't get other than Tiger Woods and whatever person he's banging that week 
<laughs> like you doesn't get any bigger than that. And to see that them, to see them have a, a, a an issue that normal regular folk right. like you know you me and whoever have. I'm not gonna say I enjoyed it, but it's just like wow, like they're just like us, you know. Exactly. I just I don't know. It did it did hit me harder than like it than like I thought it was. Like wow, Tom like. Giselle was like, I, I need you to be at home. Like, I need you to stop playing sports. And Tom was like, nah, <laughs> I can't do it. Can't give it up. And I he was gave like, it 40 and I was days. Like, I know. I was like, it, 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 as bad as it is, like you said, this is like Jordan's wizard season. Like, like man, Brady, like, he he really is. He's, he's about that life. He's like, nah, I, sports over everything. And uh, I don't know. It's this just, is why we love Brady, but this is also why – I've actually kind of learned to respect the folks who know when to call it a day because it is painful to watch. But well, like, because like, I'm not even trying to be like a super pro Brady, like, because the whole retirement thing was weird. Like he retired and then came back. Like it sounded like him and Giselle came up with an agreement, and then he was like, "Wow, I've been picking up the kids from daycare for like two weeks, and this blows." Right. <laughs> Like I miss, I miss, I, I miss Wednesday OTAs. morning installs with, yeah. I, yeah, I miss Wednesday morning installs with Todd Bowles. Like yeah. I miss putting my hands under my center's ass Monday through Friday. Like I, it, it's just, <laughs> I could play catch she, with my kids, but the itch to throw out routes to Mike Evans is just too much, too much. To yeah. I, I like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. That's just not nothing to do with my own personal life. But I just, yeah, I I find it, I find it highly amazing. relatable. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. highly relatable. Went to Jack in the Box again. Shout out Jack in the Box. Give us your sponsor. all right before the last segment here before we get out of Dodge. Give us your standard Jack in the Box order. <laughs> to be honest, it's it's actually been a while. Like I went this week, but. Since we moved, there's like only one Jack in the Box with it. I only, I used to know where every Jack in the Box was. I only know where one of them is since we moved, and it's and it's a drive. And I went for breakfast too. But if I was going for like lunch or dinner, it's two bacon ultimate cheeseburgers, okay, a large fry, large soda, and either a jumbo Jack with cheese, or the. Uh, uh, the chicken. What do they call them? The popcorn chicken. I think that's what they. Yeah, cool. popcorn chicken. Usually just the burgers. Jack in the box isn't isn't my most I'd say egregious thing, but yeah. There were times we would go together to like Wingstop or McDonald's in college, and I would place my order, and I'd be like, "I'm ready to pig out," and it would be like fourteen dollars. And then I would see you come back and set your receipt you on the table, and it'd be like twenty six bucks. I would be like, "That's you, not all for you, right?" I did you see that thing? It was on the news. I don't. I read about it. And I think I saw it on like I don't know local news or I don't know CNN or whatever. And it was that that guy who was talking about inflation was talking about his Taco Bell order. Oh yeah. And it was like twenty eight dollars. And my I'm sitting on the couch reading that like your order dude, I my order my Taco Bell order was twenty eight dollars like ten years ago. <laughs> like 
What, what are you talking about, dude? Joey's been dealing with inflation since he was a little kid. I mean, his order has always been, you know, somewhere in the $28 range. Everybody's like, what could you possibly order for lunch at Taco Bell? It would be $28. And Joey's like, yeah, if I, like, take out the Baja Blast and a couple other things, I would get it to 28 Sure. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Positive week. Taco... Taco 12-pack, whatever they call it, the taco party pack, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a party of one for me. Party. <laughs> Positive week all around. You got Jack in the Box. The Niners won. The Vikings won. Commanding performances. Episode two in the books. That was fun, man. Uh, we'll do it again next week. This was way better than last week. Oh, Nothing better than, than podcasting after a win versus after getting the doors blown off last by Patrick Very, Mahomes. very, very, very last thing. Very last thing. So, like, everyone who's, like, remotely close to me, family and friends-wise, has not only heard about this podcast, but either, A, listened to it or watched it. Did you get any, like, significant feedback? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my uncle gave it a listen and gave me some good feedback. Other, other than my cousin-in-law, shout out Mason, told me that this uh, mic was backwards. Uh, <laughs> fix that problem, though. Oh, yeah, we're up and running. No, it was actually great. Like, a lot of people I've met through, like, Pickleball in L.A. listened to it and were telling me, you know, some things that they like, some things that they think we could we could work on. I'm like, it was awesome to have feedback. It's awesome to, like, be doing the marketing stuff that I do for work now for something that, like, I actually care about quite a bit, you know. It's like interesting to see the results, see people view it we, on we, TikTok. We, we care. We well, Eric, you know, we care about our fans, and we oh. gotta keep our fans happy. And uh, you know, I said last week we my only dad, my dad fan. listened to it, and he my my dad listened to it, called me, and I was like, this is never good. He's not mm-hmm. gonna say anything positive. Daddy, for listening, I love you too, but you never say anything positive. He was like, he's like, Joe, you mumble a lot. I'm like, okay, Dad. <laughs> just for that i'm gonna mumble more <laughs> I, I was like but no i this podcast is going to the moon to the moon baby we'll be back next week for a week nine recap and then going into week 10 take a look at everything at the halfway point um until then i'm eric stenholm he's joey moore we'll be back next week for another episode of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. Let's roll. Let's roll.